Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. everybody and a fine morning it is isn't it I'm Bob Salter welcome to our program hopefully we'll have a a good couple of hours with you this Sunday morning hopefully you've been well in hour one of our program we have an interesting guest who is joining us Uh, His name is Anthony Rinaldi. Anthony is an American engineer, builder, and a businessman who's been involved in constructing and developing high-rise rental and condominium towers and hotels and large commercial projects throughout New York City, Westchester, New Jersey, Florida, and Arizona. And he's going to be speaking with us about a number of topics regarding the construction industry. Now, this is an area where Generally speaking, we have not gone uh, in this program in the many years that I've been doing it. And I thought this would be an interesting area to um, explore. First of all, it's nice to have you join us on our program. Good to be here, Bob. Thank you. Um, There's a lot of different things that come to mind when we talk about this industry. And one of the first things that I think a lot of us think of is the whole idea of safety on the job. How paramount is that? That's everything today. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, rhetoric today going on in the city, uh, you know, specifically around safety and what measures can be taken uh, to make our industry uh, more safe. And, um, you know, with the boom of construction that is going on in, in the uh, past uh, number of years, uh, today, New York City construction is probably at a height. Um, I've been in the uh, business 28 years, and, you know, we, we basically go through 10-year cycles of uh, good times and bad times of where, you know, business goes from being uh, high volume and good to uh, low volume and slow. And uh, th- this period of time right now is probably at, at a height, at least that I've seen in my 28 years, uh, that, that is, um, you know, unlike any other time that I've experienced. So, with that, there's a lot of construction going on. There's a lot of development going on throughout the city. And um, uh, with that, unfortunately, um, comes accidents. So, you know, right now, uh, to the city's credit, 
Um, they are looking at a number of things that uh, can be done throughout the industry to make it more safe. Um, there are a number of bills right now that are before the city council um, that are specifically geared toward um, safety, a number of them around um, uh, tower cranes and crane safety. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something that uh, is always important um, in construction and development. Um, but with the volume of construction going on and, and the volume of development going on today, it's, uh, it's at a height. And, um, you know, the city, as well as a number of developers and, and contractors alike, uh, are looking at a number of different means and methods. There's uh, different types of equipment and safety controls on on that equipment that is uh, coming out to make that equipment more safe. And, uh, you know, th there is a real significant uh, move uh, toward tightening up safety throughout the city right now. When you talk about cranes, uh, this gets a lot of people's attention. Uh, usually it's surrounding uh, when there has been some sort of um, incident or accident involving a crane. Uh, how safe are cranes? You know, they're very safe. They, 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 you know, cranes go through um, rigorous and robust um, inspections. Um, there, there are engineering inspections that they have to pass every single year. Um, the City of New York, the Department of Buildings, uh, do their own separate inspections, and the controls are very tight. Um, you know, if there are inspections that are late, or if a crane uh, is sold, one, one crane sold um, from one company to the next company, um, just in that transaction alone, um, that kicks off a number of inspections and uh, and engineering um, reports that are, that are, you know that have to be done in order for that transaction not only to be done but in order for that crane to come back online and even be able to be used again. Um, so you know the, the 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 safety and the inspection with with uh, with respect to cranes um, is is really at at a height. Um, um, that uh, you know that 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 uh, is as as really as tight as possible. Um, and now, uh, right before this, as, as I said earlier, um, in January and February, there were a number of bills that uh, were put forth before the Department of Buildings um, from the City Council um, that are looking to even make uh, make those inspections and regulations and the requirements and the qualifications of the operators, uh, you know, operating uh, that equipment um, even more. More stringent and more tight, and uh, and I think that that'll even add to the safety throughout the city as well. Tell us a little bit about this uh, new type of modular construction that is becoming popular. Yeah, well, uh, right now we're, we're actually working on a very interesting project um, on the corner of uh, Delancey and Bowery. Um, we're in fact putting up what will be the world's tallest modular hotel. Um, the hotel chain uh, is an owner-operator uh, called Citizen M, um, and they're actually out of the Netherlands. They're European. Um, and, uh, and basically, uh, how our project works 
is uh, being the tallest modular hotel. Um, usually modular construction um, is what they call mid-rise construction. It usually goes anywhere from four, six stories to uh, maybe 10, 12 stories uh, at best. Um, this hotel that we're doing is going up uh, 22 stories. 20 of those stories are modular construction with a five-story, uh, what they call a five-story traditional uh, concrete pedestal. In other words, the first five stories of the building are construction uh, that is conventional uh, to the industry. And then above that podium uh, is the modular. Um, and in our case, the way these modular uh, um, units work is virtually every one of the guest rooms um, in this hotel almost look like a cargo container um, that you see at the seaports. Um, and, and basically what they do is we, we stack them, um, you know, uh, seven uh, to ten across and uh, several deep. And then almost like building blocks when you were a little kid, these modules stack on top of one another and interlock um, both laterally and longitudinally uh, between themselves. Um, and that they are actually structurally engineered. They're, they're made of steel, so they're actually structurally engineered um, to with, withhold uh, the load uh, both from uh, the side as well as from the top and carrying the next loads on top of them. Um, so that that is a little bit different uh, in, in the form of modular construction uh, that is done. A lot of times... Um, the way conventional uh, um, modular construction has been done is the structure itself or the skeleton, what they call the superstructure, which is your, your concrete slabs, are usually all poured. And then the, the modular units are slipped in between each level. Um, in the case of what we're doing on this project, uh, the, the modular units themselves, the guest rooms themselves, are actually engineered so that they could stack on top of one another instead of us having to slide them in under another piece of construction on the site. So the construction goes uh, a bit more quick on the erection. Um, it cuts down the time uh, that you're going to actually disrupt the neighborhood with, again, cranes. Um, you know, when, 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 you know, you do a, a construction project and in New York City, I don't have to tell you, um, you know, you disturb the neighborhood. You, you, you either take sidewalks, sometimes you take an entire sidewalk and a lane, sometimes you take even more than that. And uh, I don't have to tell you with the traffic and the parking and the congestion and the population, um, you know, when you have a construction project in the city, it's, it's, you know, it's disruptive. So with modular construction, um, you know, it, it actually cuts down the amount of time that you're really going to be disrupting the neighborhood, particularly with the cranes and the heavy equipment that it takes to build these structures and take over uh, the sites, if you will, by taking out a lane or taking out a sidewalk and a lane and, uh, you know, really uh, creating disruption to the neighborhood. So it'll actually cut down that time uh, with the heavy equipment 
um, by anywhere from four to six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually uh, the modular construction is a lot faster. Uh, and, you know, a project that would otherwise maybe take uh, 24 months might take 18 months. Interesting. Um, That's very interesting. We're going to yeah. talk more with you about a number of different topics here. I'm glad you gave us a little bit of insight. Uh, too, on some of the work that your firm is involved in. Anthony Rinaldi is the founder president of the Rinaldi Group. He's talking with us this first hour of our program on The Fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Solter. We're in a discussion with Anthony Rinaldi on our program. Anthony is the founder and president of the Rinaldi Group, uh, which is one of the largest construction management firms in New York. Uh, he's joined us um, by phone on our program and is sharing some insights with us. Um, when we talk about this whole um, construction industry, what's it like for you um, running a company of the size that your company is in New York considering the kinds of issues with things like you know finding qualified labor and even the big issue that companies are facing today health care costs uh yeah um today those are those are two major issues um you know a, again going back to what we were talking about earlier being the volume and how busy uh the marketplace is today finding uh qualified labor is getting more and more difficult um you know uh the, the the different union halls are tapped on, on the union side. Um, the open market merit shop contractors are tapped uh, on their workers because many of their workers on the merit shop side are company men. And when they start to tap out as far as how many men they have on the number of jobs that they have, because they're company men, they don't have the union halls to be able to fall back to to get more labor. So they're tapped. And uh, it really becomes a juggle of uh, managing uh, the volume of the work that you do at any given time. In other words, um, at, at this time in, in, you know, in my career, and I know that many of my peers, not only uh, companies that are general con- contractors and construction managers, but a lot of the tradesmen themselves, the, the electricians, the plumbers, um, the HVAC guys, uh, they have to be very careful in how much work they take on at any given time because uh, you really can go out of control by taking on too much work and not being able to manage it and not being able to properly uh, man it uh, with the skilled labor and the, and the skilled manpower that you need to run these projects. So you really have to be uh, disciplined um, in your business model. And it's, it, it's a hard juggle because, uh, you know, you're always looking to, I know at least myself, you know, you're, you're always setting goals and milestones for yourself to try to better or one-up the year before. You want to do better than you did last year, and, and you want to keep on uh, trying to make the company grow. You have to, uh, as a business owner today, be disciplined and uh, know what your sweet spot is, uh, know where 
where your comfort zone is, where you can execute and get your projects done on a timely manner and get them done uh, um, with, with a quality product as well. And then be happy enough to, at that point, turn down work. Um, and, that, and that's something that's happening, believe it or not, it's, it's happening throughout the industry where uh, developers can't find uh, builders or they can find builders, construction management firms like myself, but then we then struggle in, in finding uh, you know, the volume of qualified trade companies to make sure that uh, we have them uh, on the project and, and uh, you know, we have the right people in the right place to finish these projects, not only uh, with good quality, but on time. Um, so it becomes it becomes a, a real uh, uh, struggle and, and a difficult juggle, and uh, and then what you need to do as a, as a business owner, in order to get the better people and 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 to in order to attract the better people, you know, today you have to give uh, more benefits and and more perks than ever before, and one thing that uh, makes our firm you know more unique than than any of of the companies that I. I know of, and every time I, I sit down with different insurance agents, um, you know, <laughs> they're perplexed by us because they look at me and they say, "Nobody in the industry that we know of is doing what you're doing," and that is, you know, we pay 100% uh, for for our uh, health care benefits. We take no employee participation whatsoever. Um, no pay comes out of our people's checks. Um, in order to pay for their health care, the company itself, the firm itself, pays 100% of, uh, of all of our employees' health care. And, uh, and that nut is getting, is getting really uh, significant. Um, today, to insure a, a family, um, it's costing me $33,000 a year. Um, it's almost costing me $3,000 a month to provide health insurance for every single uh, uh, member of my firm who is insuring their family. And, uh, you know, today we have over 100 employees. So, you know, when you extrapolate that across, you know, you, you, all, all, of, uh, all of your staff, those numbers really start to become significant. And, uh, you know, uh, right now, in fact, we're, we are uh, coming up for our insurance renewal. Uh, I believe it comes up in October, and uh, we're constantly looking at ways of how we can, uh, you know, streamline our health insurance costs because they're just getting uh, more and more out of control. And when I tell you, you know, we're paying almost $3,000 a month to insure a, uh, a family, um, that's not even with what they call point-of-service insurance, where uh, that's top-of-the-line insurance and people can go anywhere they want and to any doctors they want in or out of a plan. Um, that's with an HMO. You know, so, you know, we're providing, we're paying for all of the insurance, all of the health insurance. We're doing something that nobody else in the industry is doing. Um, and yet we struggle because I would love to be able to give everybody point of service and be out of a plan so that nobody would be restricted to having to use doctors within a specific plan. Um, and we can't do that. You know, we, we have to limit it at $3,000 a month. We have to limit it to an HMO where people have to use doctors that are within our, our plan. And it's getting, you know, the numbers are getting worse and worse, and it's getting harder and harder to do. Mm. I didn't ask you this earlier, but some of the people who are 
listening to this discussion may have wondered this. How did you get into building? That's a good question. Um, you know, I, I, I did not come from a family of builders. Um, I did not have, uh, you know, uh, a father who put me into business. Um, you know, my father was a cop in Hoboken, New Jersey, um, and, uh, and, and he was a believer in education. And, uh, and from as, as long as I could remember, I wanted to be an engineer. I can't tell you why, but from from the time I was uh, I was I was young, I was always good in math and science. Um, I always excelled in math and science, and for some reason, I had a uh, an inner uh, intuition, if you will, toward uh, engineering, and I always wanted to be an engineer. And um, as I got older, uh, I, I also uh, was an athlete. And uh, I played a lot of baseball, and uh, baseball actually uh, helped pay for my education. Um, and I wound up going to uh, Lehigh University, which is my alma mater. And uh, forgive me for being partial to that uh, institution, but it's uh, one of the uh, top engineering schools and really one of the top business and, and overall universities in the country. Um, and, I, and I wound up having an opportunity to uh, – actually go and play Division One baseball uh, at the same time uh, get one of the top engineering degrees uh, possible. Um, so coming out of coming out of college, I, I had my engineering degree, and uh, I went to work for uh, a number of uh, the largest companies um, in New York City at the time. And uh, as as time went on, and as I, I started to build and and work, uh, when when I came out of college, I, I came out as what they call a project manager, where you will be uh, the lead guy running a particular project. But I was working for someone else. I was working for other companies, uh, really cutting my teeth. And uh, and you know, as as time went on, and as I got more and more experienced. Um, you know, I, I had a I had a yearning to uh, do this on my own, um, and you know, one of my dreams, as much as it was a dream to get an engineering degree, um, it was a was a dream to uh, one day build a high rise that I could fly my own banner on and fly my own flag on, and uh, you know, and it took a lot of it took a lot of hard work, um, you know, starting at the bottom. I literally started out. Uh, doing sidewalk and sidewalks and curbs when I when I broke off and went on my own, regardless of the background that I had building for some of the biggest uh, firms in New York City. When you go out on your own, you're starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. You know the lenders, the banks, um, the developers. Everybody is conservative and they're cautious, and especially when you're a younger guy. I was 28, 29 years old at the time. And uh, and you know, looking to conquer New York City, and uh, you know, you had to start from ground zero, and and that's where we started. I, I literally started out doing sidewalks and curbs, and that led to becoming a little bit of what they call a prime contractor, um, which is not unlike uh, the, being a, a, a plumber or an electrician. We were a small, uh, uh, heavy civil construction contractor where we were doing uh, excavation and concrete foundations and a, and a lot of the the work uh that they, they they that they talk about taking buildings out of the ground we were the type of company that was uh taking buildings out of the ground we were in the dirt 
at the beginning uh, uh, early days, and then uh, that led to uh, doing our first small uh, out-of-the-ground general construction project as the uh, GC of record, and it was a little one-story senior center in Somerset, New Jersey. Um, And, you know, then that led to a two-story building, and you know that went to a four story and an eight story and a twelve story and today um you know it, it sometimes I tell my wife I feel like I gotta pinch myself today you know we're doing forty to sixty story uh high rise buildings in New York City, and we're flying our own banners and and our own flags and and you know building under our own name. What's the feeling like when you look up and see that? I'm 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 sorry. I said Bobby. what's the feeling like when you look up and see that banner? Uh it's it's almost surreal. You know, it's it's almost surreal. When when I spoke, you know, earlier about uh, you know, playing baseball and being a, a college athlete, you know, I, I always talk about how I believe uh athletics are very important. I think that there are a lot of um uh there are a lot of things that uh relate in business. Um, and in life, really, uh, relative to athletics. And, you know, as a kid and as, and as you grow up, you you aspire, at least in, in my case, being a baseball player, you know, I aspired to one day maybe playing in the MLB. Um, I had a pretty colorful career as as a as a college ball player. I was you know uh, uh, listed uh, as one of the top catchers uh, on the East Coast in the country. Um, you know I, I was compared in uh, some baseball articles with Hall of Famers like uh, Greg Biggio. And in 1983, when I was uh, Greg Biggio, by the way, was a was a catcher at Seton Hall. I was a catcher at Lehigh. He was a few years ahead of me. Today he's in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, in 1983, I was on the uh, on the uh, Star Ledger uh, All State uh, team uh, for the state of New Jersey, and my name as a catcher is just under the former Met pitcher Al Leiter, who was a pitcher out of Tom's River, New Jersey. So, um, you know, from from a, from a baseball standpoint and an athletic standpoint, you know, you you I always aspired to you know one day make it to the show. Um, and how I equate that in business and in construction is I always looked at high-rise construction as the, you know, the engineering and the, and the business side of making it to the show. Hold, and, hold that thought, Anthony. I want yeah. to follow on that point. It's an interesting point. Talking with Anthony Rinaldi on our program on The Fan this Sunday morning. Radio.com. An opportunity like this one doesn't come around too often, so don't miss out on the Lexus Golden Opportunity Sales Event at Ray Katina. It's the chance of a lifetime to be driving the Lexus you've always wanted. Lease a 2017 IS 300 Sports Sedan for just $299 a month. Make your summer unforgettable in a Lexus from Ray Katina Lexus of Larchmont and Ray Katina Lexus of White Plains. 36 months, $39.99 due at signing, no security deposit, taxes, title, MV, and dealer fees extra to qualified buyers. Hold everything for less. The Pack Store Save event is going on now at the Home Depot, and the shelves are full of smart moving solutions like moving boxes from as little as 77 cents, bubble wrap, moving blankets 
packing tape all in one place. Moving is stressful enough. Getting what you need in one trip shouldn't be. Make your first move to the Pack Store Save event going on now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only. Foxwoods Resort Casino and the award-winning Lake of Isles is offering a golf getaway starting at just $220 per person. Package includes a one-night stay at the AAA Four Diamond Fox Tower Hotel, 18 holes at Lake of Isles North Course with cart, driving range practice, and more. Voted top 100 golf courses by Golf Magazine and Golf Digest. Book your stay and play today. Call Lake of Isles Concierge at 888-475-3746 or go to foxwoods.com today. Foxwoods Resort Casino, the wonder of it all. Hurry into Mattress Firm's 72-hour sale this Friday through Sunday. And while supplies last, check it. Get a free Yeti cooler or tumbler with select purchases. But you got to hurry. The Yeti quantities are limited and only while supplies last. You know what Mattress Firm is all about. All the best brands like Serta, Hampton & Rhodes, and so much more. Plus, they got the all-new Dreambed Luxe, a one-of-a-kind mattress with memory foam coils and topped with cooling memory foam. Plus, save the tax and get a free Yeti. Beat the hot summer nights with a free cooling bundle. Get up to two free pillows and a free mattress protector with select purchases. Know this. When you're in the market for a mattress, there's only one place for you to go. That's Mattress Firm. Why wait any longer? Come in today and start sleeping happy on your perfect mattress. Plus, take advantage of interest-free financing for six years. That's 72 months of sleeping interest-free. Your local sleepy stores are now Mattress Firm, home of the Love Your Mattress Guarantee. Plus, with their lowest price guarantee, they'll beat any competitor's price by 10% or it's free. Mattress Firm, still your local experts and finding you the perfect mattress. This is the sound of you learning to play the cello. It's also the sound of you winning $1,000 a day for life. Because when you play Cash for Life from the New York Lottery, you could win $1,000 a day, every day, for life. Giving you more time to learn an instrument. Cash for Life from the New York Lottery. If you won $1,000 a day for life, how would you spend it? Drawings every Monday and Thursday. Please play responsibly. You must be 18 or older to purchase a lottery ticket. Good morning at 640. I'm Dave Uram. This report's brought to you by your Tri-State BMW Center. It's getting closer to tomorrow's 4 p.m. non-waiver trade deadline. Yahoo's Jeff Passan says the Yankees and Twins are intensifying talks regarding left-handed pitcher Jaime Garcia. If something did happen, the Yanks apparently would still desire Oakland's Sonny Gray. Meantime, the Bombers remain red hot, rallied three times against Tampa, walked off in the ninth with a Brett Gardner bases-loaded single, a 5-4 win. Bombers turning their season around, winning 8 out of 9. As it's ups and it's downs, and um, you know, it can um, if, if you're not careful, it can really beat you up and, and get you down. So, um, you know, I think the All-Star break came at a good time for us. Let us rest up a little bit, kind of press the reset button. That courtesy of yes, Yanks go for a sweep with Jordan Montgomery facing Jake Faria. Extended pregame on the fans at noon. Mets a rubber game in Seattle after Jacob DeGrom was so-so against the M's. Ten strikeouts over six, but allowed three runs. Two earned in the first three innings. Two of them came against, came after hitting Mitch Haniger in the face by accident. Definitely feel bad about it. And, you know, I... It was not easy to uh, stay out there and uh, reconcentrate. Mets one for nine with runners in scoring position. Seth Lugo goes against James Paxton in the finale. Red Sox topped the Royals in 10, 9-8. Orioles silenced the Rangers 4-zip. Angels outlasted the Blue Jays 6-5. Tigers took care of the Astros 5-3. A's defeated the Twins 5-4. Indians edged the White Sox 5-4. Rockies over the Nationals 4-2. Phillies better than the Braves 4-3 and 11. Marlins 7-3 over the Rebs. The, the Reds. The Cubs defeated the Brewers at 11-2-1. Diamondbacks routed the Cardinals 7-1. Padres over 
over the Pirates 4-2, and the Dodgers outlasted the Giants 2-1. Today is baseball's Hall of Fame ceremony in Cooperstown. Former Yankee Tim Raines among the inductees. Others are Jeff Bagwell, Pudge Rodriguez, Bud Selig, and John Scherholz. Training camp, Giants are showing Odell Beckham Jr.'s support amid his constant distractions. Brandon Marshall and Janoris Jenkins called Beckham the best player in the NFL. Big thing at Jets camp is the quarterback competition between Josh McCown, Christian Happenberg, and Bryce Petty. Head coach Todd Bowles keeping an open mind. It'll sort itself out. We don't have a starter, regardless of who goes first, who goes second, who goes third. They'll all get a chance to play. We got a lot of evaluating to do once the preseason starts and we get the pads and play some games and we'll go from there. Bowles, courtesy of the Jets website, UFC 214, John Jones knocked out Daniel Cormier to take the light heavyweight title. Soccer, Red Bulls blink Montreal 4-0. NYCFC's on WFAN.com at 150 today. They visit Toronto FC. With reports every 20 minutes, Dave Uram, WFAN 2020 Sports. The Yankees and Tampa Bay Rays wrap up their weekend series today at 105 with Yankees pregame at 12. 25. Join Susan Waldman and me, John Sterling, for all the play-by-play. Exclusively on your flagship station for the New York Yankees. The Fan. Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66. WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. Radio.com. We're talking on our program on the fan this Sunday morning with Anthony Rinaldi. He is the founder and president of the Rinaldi Group, which is one of the largest uh, construction management firms in the New York City area. Uh, he was named uh, New Jersey's fastest uh, was named New Jersey's fastest growing company uh, back in uh, 2015, and he's joining us uh, by phone on our program. Before we paused for our update messages, you were talking about. Um, you used the phrase, if I remember this correctly, of making it to the show, and I interrupted you as you were trying to explain what that meant. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was comparing that with uh, with uh, sports athletics and, uh, and in particular baseball. Uh, you know, com- coming from my background, you know, I, I was a student athlete, and, uh, you know, it, I studied engineering in college, and uh always with an eye toward the future but always playing you know i played division one baseball and i had uh three four major league tryouts so you know i was sort of uh juggling uh two directions you know maybe possibly having a a shot uh to take my baseball career beyond the diamond uh on uh division one college level and and maybe taking it into the pros um, as well as, you know, always trying to stay grounded and, uh, you know, knowing that, uh, you know, regardless of what direction you went in with baseball, that there would come a time where you would, you know, have to hang your cleats up on the wall and, and, and do something else. Um, and I never lost sight of that. Even at a young age, I always knew that uh, education uh, and to me getting my engineering degree was one of the most important things to do. Uh, the long and the short of it, coming coming out of college, uh, I wound up uh, uh, on the path of uh, following my my engineering career as opposed to uh, my baseball career, and uh, you know, but having athletics built into your blood, you know, from the time you're a little kid playing ball uh, in the sand lots, um, as as a man, you you have that competitive drive and and that edge. Um, to to you know always aspire to take it to the, I guess to the highest level I would always say, 
Um, and for me, in in construction, uh, you know, uh, in particular in in the New York City marketplace, you know, where Frank Sinatra said, you know, if you could do it in New York City, you could do it anywhere. Um, I always believed that, you know, the the ultimate uh, pinnacle of one's career, if you're a builder, is to one day build um, your own high-rise, you know, under your own banner, under your own name. So that had uh, that had always been one of the driving forces, even coming out of school, going to work for other people. Um, you know, I, I always had in the back of my head and, and, you know, as a goal for myself to one day um, build a, a high-rise in New York City that I would fly under my own banner, under my own name. And for me, that was the equivalent of making it to the show uh, in the major leagues. And uh, it was it was that was the the same goal and milestone that I aspired to that uh, would be equal to you know a, a Division One college ball player you know getting drafted and working his way through the minor leagues and ultimately making it to the show that was uh, sort of uh, my equal path if you will uh, becoming a New York City high rise builder. Do you miss baseball? You know what? I I I do. I I I could say I do, but I don't because I've I've stayed involved in it. Um, you know, I I've had a a a really special uh experience and really a a special blessing um in the sense that uh I actually got to watch 30 years later my my son who carries my name as well, my son Anthony, um also went to Lehigh University um and played Division 1 baseball and in fact uh, his 2015 uh, Lehigh team under uh, Coach Sean Leary um, actually won the Patriot League uh, championship, beating Navy at Navy, and uh, got a, uh, a berth to the regionals of the uh, College World Series, drawing uh, LSU in the first round in 2015. So, you know, 30 years later, I, you know, I, I always stayed in touch with uh, my alma mater. I stayed active, um, you know, as as an active booster at uh, at uh, Lehigh University. So, um, you know, I, I I changed the sides of the field that I was on. <laughs> I went from uh, you know being a player to a civilian. Um, uh, but I but I stayed active. Uh, you know, I coached through the years that my son was uh, my son's uh, both guys. I have a a, a younger boy, uh, Frankie, who also played uh, baseball, um, and I coached them through their years growing up. And then, as I said to you, I, I you know later on in life, as my son got older, um, you know, and and I never actually really pushed it, um, but on his own, he wanted to uh, follow in my footsteps at Lehigh, and uh, and he actually did, and he had a uh, he had a, a pretty good uh, collegiate career as well, and he and he just finished graduating. Uh, this past uh, June, so um, I stay active. I stay involved. I'm I'm always around it. Um, you know, I certainly miss uh, playing it, um, but uh, you know, I I uh, I, I haven't uh, put it in my rearview mirror. I, uh, I I keep it around me because it's a it's a very integral part of me. Mm. The boroughs that you build in, yes. Um, where do you build the most, and where where is construction really hot these days? 
Um, today, you know, primarily most of our work is in is in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems, you know, the saying "the city never sleeps" is uh, is so true. Um, Manhattan seems to always uh, stay hot. Um, different uh, different parts of Manhattan um, where it gets hot uh, may change. Uh, you know, most recently, uh, you know, the meatpacking district, uh, which you would have never thunk years ago, uh, would have, uh, would have been a hot, uh, spot, um, you know, has become hot, uh, over the past several years. Um, the High Line, I, I read an article not long ago how, uh, the High Line, which, uh, they're building around and between and under and, uh, you know, over, um, uh, has been listed as one of the most romantic landmarks in uh, New York City, um, and uh, you know that entire area uh, where that High Line is and the Meatpacking District is has uh, you know become a hot market. But New York City um, and Manhattan seems to to, to uh, you know really always stay pretty uh, pretty hot. But um, you know we've seen with the you know with the building of the Barclays Center in uh, downtown Brooklyn. Um, I remember 20, 25 years ago, uh, hearing about you know how construction was going to move across the river and and downtown Brooklyn was going to get hot, uh, particularly in the Metro Tech area, uh, you know at the foot of uh, both the Manhattan and the Brooklyn Bridge, and you didn't see it happen uh, 20 years ago, but I'm going to say in the last five, 10 years. Uh, you know, downtown Brooklyn has really exploded. Um, and, uh, and now, you know, you, you're seeing Brooklyn has, uh, has bled over, uh, into Queens. Um, Long Island City, uh, has gotten hot, um, uh, you know, in Queens. Uh, you know, um, I'm going to say even, uh, into Flushing. Flushing has, uh, been trending over the last, uh, few years. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing it also starting to bleed into Astoria now, in particular, the waterfront properties, um, in Queens is, is, uh, uh an area that we're starting to see some trending as well. And, uh, and believe it or not, we're starting to see the Bronx, um, in particular, the, the uh, concourse neighborhoods um, are starting to get active now as well. So, um, you know, but right now, primarily, uh, we are in uh, Manhattan, um, Brooklyn, and, uh, and Queens. And, uh, you know, we're keeping an eye on what's happening in the Bronx as well. Okay, some people who are listening to us are going to say, hey, wait a minute, what about that other borough? What about Staten Island? <laughs> yeah, I got. I got to tell you, Staten Island for me. I, you know, we have projects that come out. Uh, unfortunately, they come out far and in between. Uh, for us, you know, we've sort of reached that 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 uh, that level where we're we're too big to be small. You know, and uh, and you know, there's a certain sweet spot where you can, you know, you you. you you have to have a project be sizable enough for us uh, to get involved in it just because of the cost of our overhead. Um, you know, all of our guys are degreed uh, and licensed architects, engineers, uh, safety managers, construction professionals, and, uh, you know, they have significant price tags, particularly in the New York City uh, marketplace. So, 
you know, we've started to get to a point where um, there, there is uh, um, a, a lot of work going on um, in Staten Island. Um, smaller hotels, what I would say are uh, mid-rise hotels, um, you know, anywhere from four uh, to ten stories. Uh, but once again, it, it gets a little bit more uh, complicated for us. Uh, we always have to juggle, you know, uh, the, the size and scope of the project relative to the cost to see uh, whether it's uh, viable for us to get involved in it. So that that's in particular what's sort of limited us with uh, with Staten Island. Where do you see your firm going in the next eh, three to five years? Well, we're starting to get, you know, we, 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 we finally reached a, a, a time in our lives where, you know, um, you know, the, the, the company has all the top insurances, um, all the top bonding and uh, what they call SDI uh, insurance, which is uh, subcontracted default insurance. It's known in the industry as subguard, um, which is, is uh, what developers and what banks look for in guarantees. Um, you know, when, when we build a building, you know, being incorporated, doesn't mean anything because I put up a guarantee, you know, my personal and my corporate assets are all attached to that project. And, um, you know, the banks need it and the developers need it because they, they need to know that the, the builder who's building their building um, has the financial wherewithal that, God forbid, if there are problems on the project, this guy's not you know, going upside down and abandoning the project and leaving the project, but he's actually going to stay and have the wherewithal to stay and finish the job, even if the job takes on serious losses. So we've, we've you know, we've reached a point where, um, you know, from a financial standpoint, um, we are well-funded and, and, and uh, well-established enough to, a lot of times, you know, It'll be our financial statements that help some of the developers that we that we build for actually get their financing uh, with their lenders. Um, and with that, uh, we, we've sort of uh, taken it to the next level where we'd actually put our money where our mouth is and look to invest um, with the developer and, and sort of put skin in the game where we would actually um, partner in the development that is the developer's piece of property. So um, we've been doing that with a number of our clients where, uh, you know, we're actually uh, not only building the buildings for them, but we're investing in them as well. Um, and we have skin in the game as well with them. Um, and we, we've just recently uh, purchased uh, four of our own buildings in Min Manhattan and in Brooklyn. Um, small, you know, uh, we're starting out small, four to six-story buildings, but um, we've now gotten to a point where we're buying our own properties and, and we're developing our own properties as well. And, uh, you know, my, my goal would be that, uh, you know, in the next three to five years, uh, start to do uh, our own developments a little bit more often and a little bit more frequent. Um, and uh, and I would say, you know, the five-year-plus plan uh, will start to be uh, looking to uh, fold my son, uh, Anthony, into the uh, mix and uh and and hopefully uh have him take on the baton and 
you know, really create a legacy in this company because, you know, we're competing today. I'm competing today. I'm, I'm probably one of the youngest companies uh, that I'm competing with, you know, for, for city and national ranks. Um, some of these companies have been around for a number of generations. Um, you know, we, we've been in business about 15 years. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, 15, 20, 25 years from now when I'm done, uh, you know, maybe my son Anthony will be on the phone one day <laughs> with, a, with a similar type of phone call with you. Mm-hmm. Interesting discussion we're having with Anthony Rinaldi, who is the founder and president of the Rinaldi Group, talking with us on our program on the fan this Sunday morning. Uh, is there a website for the Rinaldi Group? There is. It's uh, www.rinaldi, R-I-N-A-L-D-I-N-Y-C dot com. Anthony, I want to thank you very much for joining us on our program and sharing the information that you have. It's very interesting, giving us some insights, too, on exactly how things work in the construction industry. I do appreciate that. Congratulations on your work. Thank you, Bob. It was, a, it was great joining you this morning. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.